I, I mean, I don't mind the stabbing. It's the money that bothers me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if I'll, I'll get stabbed as long as I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, you <clears throat> forgot to unmute us. I, I did. I did. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the Naked. Welcome Day. back. Welcome back. So our jihad is done. For now. For now. <laughs> There's a high chance we'll sidetrack back to it in some degree. But <laughs> we're going to we're going to uh, get a little uh, ele- electiony. Uh, a little electiony. Because believe it or not, that is congressional. Uh, that is still going because there is still not a president elect until January sixth. Technically, so yeah, it's great. The, the battle, great. the it's battle great. rages on, and people on both sides are getting sick of it. All sides, all sides, all sides are getting, all sides are getting. Left, right, middle, up, down, communist, socialist, conservative. They're getting sick of it. Yeah. So, Georgia decided to uh, add to the madness. (laughs) So, a timeline. The uh, Secretary of State. Georgia did two recounts already? Three recounts already? Two? Two? Two, three? I don't know. Somewhere. I, I don't know. They They've did, done a number of recounts. They did two or three recounts, and the uh, Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, um, said that, you know, need to stop asking for recounts. This is humiliating to keep challenging and court stuff and blah, 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 because this is, this is an honest, fair election. This is the results. This is the results. So the Georgia state legislature got together and said, hey, we should probably at least look at this as a legislative body just to kind of help reassure the people that everything's fine hunky-dory and we looked at the things and blah, blah, blah. And they said, hey, Bradley, Raffinch, why don't you uh, come and testify since you say it's all above board and fine. And he said, uh, my lawyers are telling me I shouldn't. Oh. You have the right to remain silent, sir. Oh, but you said it's good. Yeah, I, yeah, my lawyers are saying I shouldn't testify. But why? Well, the reason why being is that a couple of days after that, he said that Georgia is going to conduct a statewide mail-in ballot signature audit like they should have the, the first, first two times. two or three times that they did this. Hmm. Yeah. That's why he didn't testify, because he didn't actually do an audit. And uh, 
what's really funny about this is actually right before this, he announced they're just doing it in one county just to see how one county goes do a signature audit. And then he came out and said a statewide. So I'm guessing that county didn't turn out quite as planned. I'd be guessing. Um, I, I would have, be guessing because I, I don't yet, actually know. I have yet to see if they've actually completed this or not. Or if they've stated that they've completed it. <laughs> right. They've admitted I, I to it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is, this is being done after Georgia was supposed to send their electors to uh, the House. And Georgia is one of the seven states, I believe, that sent contesting electors to Congress. Right? It was seven? I think so. At least, it was at least five. I'm pretty sure it was seven. Um, so, yeah. So that might change things. Might. Especially considering the difference between... Trump and Biden are not that much in Georgia. <clears throat> and then with that, I love, did you read the uh, Peter Navarro's report? I did not. Oh, it's a good I one. I had heard about it, but I haven't read the actual it, report. It's no. a pretty good kind of quick read. He's got little charts and graphs to kind of... Oh, look at the charts. Make Those are pretty. Easier to read. Um, it's little asterisks. Yes. Showing that there's some evidence. So, and little check marks showing that there's a lot of evidence. My favorite part of this report is his title of the report. So he did this on his own. He wasn't commissioned by Donald Trump to do this or Giuliani or uh, what's-her-face that is looking more and Powell? more crazy. Sydney? Sydney Powell, yes. Powell, yeah. Um... So he wasn't commissioned. He just did this on his own of noticing that all these people are saying these things. So he looked into it to put a report together. And this is what he came up with. And the title of the report, The Immaculate Deception. <laughs> that sounds really familiar. <laughs> just in time for the holidays. <laughs> um, but he breaks down six key dimensions of election in irregularities. And this is what he breaks down. Oh, so, that's funny. So in six key states. So that's actually a play on something too. So the Immaculate Deception was a book written in, what was this? 2000 something. Uh, is a the Bush crime family, the inside <laughs> story of an American dynasty. So it's a couple little jabs at things there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So in this report, he breaks down six of the battleground states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And he goes over outright voter fraud, ballot mishandling, contestable process fouls, equal protection clause violations, voting machines irregu- voting machine irregularities, and significant statistical anomalies. Hmm. Of those, Georgia and Nevada have all six widespread evidence. Yes. And then Georgia, Michigan, uh, and Michigan and Wisconsin have at least some evidence on everything, if not widespread. Pennsylvania and Arizona are the only ones that are, are missing a missing box, a, <laughs> missing a check mark or an asterisk. 
in 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 a single box each. Arizona does not have a check mark or an asterisk in ballot mishandling, yes. and Pennsylvania does not have a check check mark or an asterisk in significant statistical anomalies, which I believe has actually uh, been reversed. Been reversed at this point <laughs> since, since after the, making this report, the two hundred thousand uh, people more that voted than they had voters yeah. in Pennsylvania. Um, and then he breaks those down even more. So he takes each one and then breaks it down even more. I'm just going to go through the, uh, tables here because it's easier. Um, it but he, he, this one really stood out to me a bit here. He's, he points out the lead that Donald Trump had when everyone was told the counting is done for tonight, go to bed. Donald Trump led Georgia uh, by 356, almost 357,000 votes. And then, as of right now, Joe Biden is in the lead by 11,779 votes in, on December 15th. Pennsylvania, Donald Trump led by 555,000 votes. Over half a million votes. Joe Biden is in the lead by 81,000 votes. Huh. This was, so that was the count at midnight on election night. And then uh, Michigan, uh, Trump led by 293,000. And now Biden leads by 154,000. In Wisconsin, 112,000 for Trump. Uh, Now 20,000 for Biden. That is a lot of votes to make up <laughs> in, in quite literally the middle of the night <laughs> in, in a lot of these cases. Um, and then he also points out uh, uh, Joe Biden. Was, so Joe Biden was ahead in two additional battleground states on election night by just over 30,000 votes in Nevada and less than 150,000 votes in Arizona. Internal Trump campaign polls predicted the president would close these gaps once all the votes were counted. Of course, this never happened. I remember that. I remember them saying it's looking good for Trump. He's gaining, he's gaining, he's gaining. Everyone go to bed. We're done counting. And then Trump stopped gaining. Yeah. Also interesting to note. So the highest vote count ever recorded in Pennsylvania was 6,115,000 before this year. Before this year. This year is just shy of 7 million. Oh, so a million more people showed up to vote. That's nice. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And people doing their civic duty. Um, he also points out in this report uh, some of the role that the news networks had in some of this. <clears throat> and then he here's breaking down the thing. So alleged election irregularities across the six battleground states. Outright voter fraud, ballot mishandling, contestable process fouls, blah, 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 blah. All leads to um, (laughs) possible illegal ballots. So he has the Biden victory margin, how much Biden is leading by in these six states, and then the possible illegal ballots in each of those states. So Arizona, he's ahead by 10,500, and there's over 100,000 possible illegal ballots. Seems like that might be enough to change the results. Uh huh. In Georgia, Biden is ahead by 
11,700. 11, and there's possibly over 400,000 illegal ballots. Michigan, Biden leads by 154, and he has unknown <laughs> amount of illegal ballots in Michigan. Nevada, ahead by 33. There's over 100,000 possible illegal va- uh, ballots. Pennsylvania, ahead by 81,000. And there's possibly over 600,000 illegal oh, ballots in Pennsylvania. Dude, that's funny. In Wisconsin, there's uh, 20,000 lead, and there's possibly 200,000 illegal ballots. Okay. It gets better. Does it? It does. So I just looked up on the Pennsylvania Department of State, right? So their voter turnout record, highest percent of registered voters voting that they have ever had was 1960. They had an 88% turnout. That actually is really high. Highest vote that they've ever had was in 2016, 6,115,402 votes. Uh The voter registration for the year 2016 was 8,722,977. Okay. So 2 million more than actually voted. So 70, yes, 2 million more than actually voted. Uh, About uh, 2.6 million, or 2, yeah, 2.6 more than actually voted. 70%. It was 70.11%, right? Right. So the voter registration for 2020, as of June 2020... The voter registration total was 8,599,294. Which was, which is about on par for... Which is 200,000 people less than they had in 2016. Right. Registered to vote. That's why I say on par. It can fluctuate up and down. People Mm -hmm. deregister, move, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's evident as you go through. And it literally is like back and forth as you look through their... Their, their stuff. So uh, 2012 was 8,508,000. 2008 was 8,755,000. Right. So it, it dropped 250,000 between 2008, 2012, went up 200,000 between 2012 and 2016, and then has gone back down another 200,000 right. between 2012 and, or 2016 and 2020. People moving, people dying, people changing parties, Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. So... That being said, that puts their um, <laughs> their voter rate at uh, let's see what is this eight five nine nine two nine four divided by the actual Mister Numbers vote number, which is. Uh, I lost it because I used my calculator. Bop, bop. I will give it. Just give me two seconds. All right. While while you're tabulating that, um, so <laughs> he breaks down outright voter fraud into these categories: bribery, fake ballot manufacturing and destruction of legally cast real ballots, indefinitely confined voter abuses, ineligible voter and voters who voted in multiple states, dead voters and ghost voters counting ballots multiple times, illegal out-of-state votes. All of them had at least some, if not widespread, of any of these. Michigan had the least. 80.5%. Huh. Voter turnout, which they have not seen 80% turnout since the 60s. Huh. 
76 was the last time they hit 80%. Huh. Would you look at that? And they haven't been over 60% other than in 2016 since 1996. And remember, Joe Biden has the most votes of any presidential candidate in history, even though there was zero excitement behind him. He got more votes than Barack Obama. And Donald Trump got more votes than Barack Obama, who people thought was the savior of the world. But Donald Trump had people that were actually excited for him. And Joe Biden had a handful of people honking their horns in cars at his rallies. <laughs> Even when he had uh, musicians come and sing at his rallies, nobody showed up. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. It's not outside the realm of possibility there, but it's very it, unlikely imp- that that happened. Improbable. Considering that 2016 is the highest that they've been in 30 years, and they barely broke 70%. Improbable. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this whole report, he's got, he breaks down all of these. And then on top of that, not only does he break things down, the last six pages of the report are all of the court cases and recorded videos and everything else. End notes right there. You can click on these links and find the uh, stuff that he's talking about, all the definitions and where he's getting his stuff from. So it's not like he's just higgledy-piggledy throwing these things out like you see a lot of Facebook stuff. He's actually saying, this is where it is. This is where I got the information. This is the court case. This is this court case. Um, I believe he said there was 50 court cases between the six states that he looked at currently in litigation. Good heavens. Uh, which Dude, makes charts are insane. <laughs> states contested. Equal protection clause violations. Uh-huh. Every one of the states has widespread evidence of that. Yes. Hmm. Like I said, it's, a, it's an interesting read. It's 36 pages. It's one of the shorter reports you can get from a government official. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Someone went and did all the homework. Look at this. This is beautiful. I love it. Someone did the homework. Um, Related to the election also. (laughs) Six pages of notes. Yeah. (laughs) Was it a hundred some odd links in there? Yeah, at least. So, uh, a curious avenue that uh, Louis Gomert is taking. Oh, Gomer! Yeah, yeah. He oh, Gomer. He plans to. He he's suing Mike Pence in a bid to overturn the Biden victory in a friendly lawsuit. It's a. Uh, it's an. It's a. Curious strategy for sure. It's <laughs> such a curious strategy. I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think you can actually hear me because I'm not on the right side of the mic here. Sorry. There we go. I don't think I've ever seen a strategy quite like this. Have you? I I don't know. 
It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Let's see if it does pay <laughs> see if it pays off, off for him. Um, if the courts decide he has standing, that'll be an interesting case to follow because the courts have decided there's Your no Honor, standing. I object. And why is that, Mr. Reed? Because it's devastating to my case. Overruled. Good call. Good call. Good call. <laughs> yeah, when I first saw this headline, GOP lawmaker sues Pence in bed to overturn Biden. Why is he suing Pence? Pence would not. Oh, <laughs> this is seriously oh. this is the weirdest <laughs> idea I have heard come out of all of this. Just like walk us through this idea what? if you would. Okay, so <laughs> got to rub the eyes. It's it's a little <laughs> it's a little convoluted. It's a little convoluted. It's a little idiotic so uh a lot a lot a lot, a lot idiotic so louis gomer uh from texas uh and several other republicans i believe there's like 11 representatives from arizona that are also joining this now they're uh, uh they're with a, the gop yeah with the in gop arizona, yeah. uh, in arizona um so they, they've joined this lawsuit the lawsuit is focusing on uh, Pence's role in the upcoming electoral count during uh, the congressional meeting on January 6th. Yes. So um, if you don't know how that works, basically the the states all send in their uh, electoral vote counts in a little envelope that goes to Congress. Uh, then the Senate takes those counts, uh, sorts them out, and hands them to Pence, who is... Uh, the president of the president Senate. of the Senate, right? And uh, it is his job to open them and read them out. Well, when you have a contested election, um, basically what that means is that there are states that have either undecided uh, electoral votes, or there is a basically a, a division in the state where there was some question. And so the state sent in more than their allotted number of electors. Essentially, if the, if the state is looking at their stuff, honestly, <laughs> and they see, oh, there's 50 lawsuits right now on our voting stuff. Mm-hmm. We're going to send two electors because the outcome of these lawsuits could could change, change it from these electors to those electors. So we they send in both sets of electors, and then uh, basically whoever comes out on top in their lawsuits and everything once the chips fall, uh, those are the ones that they tell the Senate to open. Um, now if the lawsuits never get actually resolved if there's any question the senate can throw out the electors all of the electors from those states right at which point if nobody gets the full 270 then you go into a contested election which is this whole other beast yeah so and this is also where the uh because it's a joint session of the house and the senate and if someone from the House doesn't matter the party and someone from the Senate doesn't matter the <coughs> political party. One from each uh, House of Congress yeah. has to contest um, elector results. And in that case, it goes up to debate, blah, blah, blah. Could mm-hmm. get thrown out, could get changed to the other envelope, whatever. Right. 
So uh, the the whole point of this boils down to Pence's role in this. So uh, Pence, as the vice president, his role in presiding over this is he is the one that uh, opens the envelope and counts out the electors. So there was a act implemented in 1887 called the Electoral Count Act. Uh, basically, what the Electoral Count Act does is it removes the power from the Senate to decide on those electors and puts it back on the states. So if um, if there's a, a, a contest with the electors, it's supposed to go to the states to decide whether which electors are chosen and, right. and if there's a contest. Right. So the lawsuit... Uh, uh, that they're put, they've put forward is essentially to overturn the Electoral Count Act from 1887. Um, now, the Electoral Count Act was implemented after uh, several elections through the 1870s and 1880s in which they had very, very close elections. They had a couple of contested elections like right in a row. Right. And so they and and the Senate couldn't ever decide because the Senate was so split that they couldn't come up with you know these are the ones we're counting this is who's what, the they new just president have a civil war or and something? It, it took them it took them <laughs> months after you know it, well after inauguration day to actually decide who the new president was and so they implemented the Electoral Count Act to kick it back to the states to speed up the process, basically. Um, so what they're trying to do with this lawsuit is to remove the Electoral Count Act to put Congress uh, back in the driver's seat for those electoral votes, which would then make it so that essentially it boiled down to Pence when he opens the votes, saying, these are the ones we're counting, these are the ones we're throwing out. Yeah. <laughs> basically gets to any of those six states that we pointed to. And Pennsylvania, did you figure your ish out? No? All right, we're not counting it. Exactly. Arizona, did you figure your ish out? No? All right, we're not counting it. <laughs> right. And and that's that's all he can do. So he, he can't he just grab the, the counts and go, all of these are for Trump or all of these are for Biden. What he can say is, we are counting these. We aren't counting these. Uh-huh. And so then he could essentially force a contested election. Michigan, I have two envelopes here. Which envelope am I, am I opening? Did you figure it out? Uh, we're still working on it. All right. We, got, we, got, we still got lawsuits. Okay. Well, neither of these are getting counted. Tossed out. <laughs> well, we're, we're working on it. Yep. Nope. They're Probably gone. should have worked on it faster. You had time. Yep. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so, and then it would go, if, if that's the case, it would then go to the House to vote each state getting one vote in the House. Sorry, California, you have 55 seats. You only get one, one vote. vote. Mm -hmm. um, which means... Trump wins. If Republicans do that, the Republican... Donald Trump won more Republican states than that, and there's more states represented via Republicans than there are Democrats in the House, mm -hmm. especially now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because the new house takes their seats before inauguration day. 
So that's the long and the short of it. It's not going anywhere. It's there's it most, no way they throw that. It most likely will have no standing and not even get looked at by the courts. Just like every other thing that has come to the Supreme Court. I've I've discovered that the Supreme Court's playbook consists of two plays. First and long, guess we better punt. <laughs> <laughs> and and fourth and long uh, let's tear up the Constitution. Mm, yes. That's basically what they... There's two plays there. First and long, let's punt. Or fourth and long, <laughs> let's just get rid of the rule book. Just, let's just get rid of the rule book. Uh, and, we don't want it anymore. And he's, Mike says that because a case was brought to the Supreme Court uh, <laughs> that uh, one would think would be important. Oh, that's that's the wrong one. Don't look at that yet. Stop looking. Stop looking. Why are, why are you looking at that? <laughs> it's, I, I you shuffle. and those dang Victoria's Secret I accidentally tabs. shuffled them around. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, this is from NPR. Ugh. Um, Ugh. <laughs> the Supreme Court punts census case, giving Trump an iffy chance to alter numbers. Huh? It's a weird uh, They punt like headline. that. It's a strange soccer girl that played in the football game a little while ago. I, I don't... It's non-side punt. I don't get why this is giving Trump an iffy chance to alter numbers because it does not help Trump. At all. Or Republicans. At all. Uh, basically, the case brought to the Supreme Court is um, on the census. People want to be able to count... Um, want to be able to count illegal immigrants in the United States as citizens on the census. Because there was, if you remember or not, last year or the year before, there was this big to-do about whether or not when you answer the census, are you a U.S. citizen, yes or no? And Democrats wanted that part scratched out because that's racist to ask if you're a citizen of the United States in the United States census. Huh? <laughs> Well, we need to know how many people are living in the country. Yes, we still know how many people are living in the country, but we need to know how many U.S. citizens are here in the country. More specifically, we need to know how many U.S. citizens live inside, I don't know, congressional districts. (laughs) Because depending on if your congressional district has a certain number of people or more or less, you get to keep or lose that congressional district. That's why it's a big deal of if people are counted as U.S. citizens and not just counting people. Mm-hmm. And the Supreme Court decided it did not need to hear this case. So what? what is even the point of the Supreme Court now? <laughs> uh, Actually, I kind of I kind of see what they mean on this one. Uh-huh. So so the. The lawsuit was to try to block Trump from excluding undocumented in- immigrants from the census count. Uh-huh. So them punting it means that he can go ahead and do that. Right. Which means that the new census will not include undocumented immigrants. Right. Which then would lower the population amounts for 
places like California and these sanctuary states. Right. Which then would give him an iffy chance at altering their numbers. However. But it's not going to resolve anytime soon. The Supreme Court should still have taken this case. They still should have taken this case, yes. And said, for sure, Trump is right. (laughs) They should have, indeed. (laughs) You can't count illegal immigrants as, yeah. Yeah, you can't count illegal immigrants because they're illegal and they're not U.S. citizens and they should not be counted as our population. That's racist. You're racist. (laughs) I was thinking, I was thinking about something about this on the way on the drive home from work. So you know, it's racist to ask for voter ID, right? It's racist to make sure that you are actually voting on your ballot. But it's not racist to ask for ID to get on the airplane, right? Because minorities apparently don't fly on airplanes. In the United States. You know what what I love about this article, though? (laughs) Oh, dear. So, it it lists at the bottom. This is these these bottom, like, four paragraphs, right? Uh Uh-huh. The Trump administration appealed to the Supreme Court, arguing the president has virtually unfettered discretion as to what data are used in the uh, decennial census. But the lower courts rejected that claim, with both Republican and Democratic-appointed judges ruling against him. Among the arguments made by the administration was the assertion that undocumented immigrants are not inhabitants as the framers would have understood the term True. when writing the Constitution. True. And deciding how to divide up federal power among the states. True. True. The counter-argument. States and immigrant groups noted that about two-thirds of unauthorized immigrants have lived in this country for at least 10 years with the median being about 15 years. So their argument against it's unconstitutional to count them as American citizens is, but they've lived here for a long time, illegally. How long was Breaking Bad making uh, illegal drugs? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it becomes less illegal if you do it for a long time. So by their... Is what I'm hearing So by their definition, the... uh, uh, Mexican drug lords are fine. Also, it'll just be really hard for our Census Bureau to gear up and do that right. Except for every time that they've done it before this year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> except for every every other time. Except for that. <laughs> I have the best lawyer in the world that can argue any Sometimes case. Sometimes I, I have a lawyer that can say nonsense. And I, I need I something stronger. Mm. Gonna drive me to drink. Gonna drive me to drink. <laughs> something harder than Dr. Pepper. Uh, so Maybe something like water. So related to this, um, which is probably why these stories came out now, New York... Uh, might lose two house seats. Good. Good. It's good and bad. Good and bad. Because people are fleeing New York, specifically New York City. 
Because um, have you ever been there? Unfortunately, yes. Um, which is a shame because there's tons of cool history and awesome <laughs> stuff there. Lots of awesome stuff there, but I mean, Cuomo's there, so yeah, and I understand. Uh, what was it? Three years ago? Four years ago? I can't remember. Uh, New York. I can't remember if it was the state or the, I think it was the state passed some big sweeping abortion related bill thing. I think it was, you could have an abortion up until just before birth or during birth even. And so I swore off New York. I'm not going back until that is gone. Apparently a lot of other people are just leaving <laughs> New York. Um, probably has something to do with you can't, have any kind of business in New York City. So there's nowhere to work. There's nowhere to eat. There's nowhere to live because it costs so much to actually live there and you don't have a job to pay for it. So you're leaving. Yeah. Uh, preliminary data from the Bureau. Uh, New York lost 126,000 people between July 2019 and July 2020. The most of any state and a reduction of 0.65%. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. <laughs> and they were followed closely by California. California had a mass exodus too. Yes. Uh, New York currently has 27 seats in the house, but the exodus from the state over the last 10 years will likely put that in jeopardy. Yeah. The census, this is what the census is for, if you didn't know. Um, <laughs> it's really the only reason why they have a census. They count people so they know how many people need to be represented. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the state lost two seats in 2012 already, so they could lose two more. Congratulations, Cuomo. Uh, and all these people... Let's see, there was one more. Hold on. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? I minimized it. I minied it. Mini, mini. California. It uh, California might lose a house seat too. Like Mike said, 135,000 people fled the Golden State. One of them, a uh, man by the name of Scott Fuller, said, I never wanted to leave California. Uh, he's lived in the Golden State since 1983. He says... It's the most beautiful state with the best climate. I think the tipping point was continued tax increases and even more proposed tax increases. I have absolutely no regrets. And this is how you know California is doing so badly. Because it really is like the most temperate climate state. It's, it's it is a beautiful state. The best state to live in. As far as temperature climate. and climate and those things, yeah. like beaches and all that stuff goes... And they still can't manage they have to hold people there. They have mountains just a short drive away from <coughs> beaches. So in the winter, you can ski. And then in the summer, you can swim. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All outside. And socialists are just driving it to the dirt. And in so doing, they are driving out freedom-loving people. Kind of. Because a lot of those same people will go to other states like Texas and, and Utah, Utah and Florida and other where other places, because there's economic freedom here. Uh, 
that place is doing much better than we are. We yeah. should go there and turn it into us. Yeah. I just, I, if I move to Utah, I earn more money and cost of living is less. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hey, why don't you guys have this policy or this policy? Because we don't need it. Yeah, but you should. <laughs> you just left the state that has that. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty great policy. That's why you were paying more was that policy. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it, it's fine. It's different here. It's, it'll be different. It's That's what happened. definition of insanity. That's why, that's why it's good and bad news that uh, California and New York are losing, at least in our minds. Um, if you're a socialist, it's probably great news because it's just spreading the socialism around. Like good socialists, yes. Spreading faster than COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and it's much more deadly. Well, that's, that's the problem, Mike, with angry people. They never go it alone. Digging in and making cranky people please their ever angry person. Nah, there's mm-hmm. that. Oh, See, the right. angry people think a good solution is getting others involved. So they surround themselves with happy people and watch the smiles dissolve. There's a shout out to place on my face where <laughs> a smile, smile once was. was. <laughs> A socialist is stealing my money. Socialist <laughs> is stealing my money. <laughs> uh, speaking of socialists, don't you just love AOC? <laughs> if by love you mean the sarcastic sense, yes. 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 100%. Her, her lovely capitalistic idea of selling socialist shirts. Tax the rich. Tax the rich, charging 50 bucks a shirt. Her defense. This The, the best was her defense. Oh, uh, she has a defense? Yeah, she's, she's, they cost that much because people need to earn a good living. Yeah, that's called capitalism, huh? It's called capitalism. Right. <laughs> it costs, materials cost money, and paying people a good living wage costs a lot too. That's why these cost so much. Yeah, that's why things cost an amount. Green New Deal. I wonder if it's made with, you know, environmentally friendly fibers. (laughs) (laughs) There's no plastic in that shirt. None. None. Not in the vinyl that was printed on it. Nothing. Nada. Not in the... Not in the plastic it was wrapped in in that cardboard box. Not, no plastic at all. Zero. <laughs> Used. <laughs> this is environmentally friendly t-shirts. And you can tell they're environmentally friendly because they say green on them. Tax the rich. Drink water, don't be a racist. A shirt. <laughs> Just to get a full scoop of the irony with this. Tax the rich shirt and sweaters sold by someone who has said that she's a socialist. Um, who once was a waitress in New York, not really making a whole lot of money, to now making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year as a representative and whatever other side things she's getting because of that. Yeah. <coughs> Tax the rich. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess it's the sweatshirts that are 60 bucks. It's oh. The T-shirts are only 30 Oh, well, that's a steal. It's a How steal. is anyone making a livable wage off Absolute of that? Absolute steal. I kind of want to do something funny with one of those shirts. <laughs> Not sure what. 
I don't know. I'm imagining a goat wearing a Green New Deal shirt or something. This, I'll figure something out. It'd be fun. <laughs> I'll figure something out. It'd be fun. It'll be my stress relief. <laughs> It'll be my stress relief. Um, Alrighty. This one's kind of election related, I guess. DC oh, Hotel. The DC Hotel. Yeah. So this one is uh, talking about the upcoming uh, Million MAGA March. MAGA. Or I guess it's not the Million MAGA. They CAG. already did the Million MAGA March. It's the January 6th. CAG. Uh, Keep America Great. Yeah. CAG. Uh, that just doesn't sound as good as that. Doesn't, doesn't sound as good as MAGA. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, apparently... There's supposed to be this massive march in D.C. Uh, if I had money, I'd probably go just to watch people. Just to see. Oof, from from what I hear, there's going to be a lot of people there. Right. So It would be fun. It'll be entertaining. It would be fun but, to be there and broadcast, but I also don't want to get stabbed. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't mind the stabbing. It's the money that bothers me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if I'll, I'll get stabbed as long as I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm not the talent. I'm the money. <laughs> money is important. All right. <laughs> that needs to be a t-shirt. I'll get stabbed. I just don't want to pay for it. I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> So can you tell me again about the mugging? Well, you see. <laughs> it was paid to be there. <laughs> How do you still have your wallet? Did you read my t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, um, so there, it's supposed to be this is huge, uh, huge gathering, huge rally in Washington, D.C., on uh, January 6th in protest of the rigged election and all this different stuff. So, of course, you're going to have all the usual suspects out there, right? Right. Um, so, Proud Boys are planning on being there. I'm sure uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter are going to be there trying to disrupt stuff. Once the sun sets. Yeah, you know, and um, these different things. So... Uh, this article from The Hill is really interesting uh, because it's talking about the Hotel Harrington in Washington, D.C. So the Hotel, the Hotel Harrington has been the Proud Boys, like, unofficial headquarters in D.C. for place. all the different uh, protests and things that they've been carrying on there. Uh, so they, of course, had the hotel booked for uh, the 6th right. for this... Uh, I'm sure they, they started probably the fourth or fifth and, and booked through the sixth for, right. for this rally. Uh, so the hotel Harrington came out, uh, when was this this morning? Yeah. This morning at like 10 o'clock was when this article was published. Um, but they came out this morning and, and said that, uh, they will be closing the hotel, uh, January 5th through the sixth. So, oh. uh, so the Proud Boys are going to be camping. You can check out, but you can't DC. check in. <laughs> That's California. Oh, it's oh. literally oh. California. It's <laughs> not only the Hotel California, it's literally the state of California. It is um, California. Even if you only work there six months a year or, or 60 days a year, you uh, 
can't ever check out, they still come after you with taxes. Yay. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So they shut down for the rally, uh, stating that they uh, were looking after their staff, neighbors, visitors, uh, health and safety, and all these different things. So uh, the Proud Boys uh, are obviously not staying <laughs> at, at huh. that temple. Or at, at that, that temple. That, oh my gosh. Sorry. I was reading. Proud boy talking, temple. Talking at the same time. That hotel. Uh, so Enrique Tario, uh, the head of the Proud Boys, who is, I believe, black, uh, told uh, the Post. He's Puerto Rican or something. Oh, is this not the. What's the name of the. The other guy? No, he is. I mean, his. He, his yeah, he's his black. His skin matches, yes. Yeah. 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 He might be Puerto Rican. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> huh. That's funny. Anyway, it doesn't say. He is the Florida State Director of the Proud Boys. Right. Uh, anyway, so he, he came out and uh, told the Post that the group's members had previously stayed at the hotel and went to the bar because of its proximity to the White House, but the group has grown too large for the bar. As he said, about a thousand people attended the last demonstration. A couple people. Yeah, a couple people. Uh, so they will not be staying at the hotel, uh, <laughs> which is great because the business uh, requested the group avoid them. <laughs> so so hey, hey, here's here's the difference. You got uh, <clears throat> You got the Proud Boys who a hotel shut down to keep the Proud Boys away. And Proud Boys say, all right, fine, we won't stay there, whatever. We'll go somewhere that wants us. We'll go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the coin, you got Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Uh, we don't really want you guys destroying our business. Too bad! Yeah. Well, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm a steal and it. It's, it's interesting because the Proud Boys have been labeled all kinds of things. Neo-fascist and... and uh, <laughs> white white supremacist and and whatever but if if you look up any of those things those definitions and actually look at the proud boys they are none of those things no uh because i mean what kind of white supremacist group has uh minority leadership uh well, in there, their leadership well there was that and chapter of the kkk that had a blind black guy as their Yes, but he was blind, so. <laughs> Are you saying they I mean, used him? I'm sure they used him. I'm what? absolutely positive they used what? him. What? Anyway, uh, but but I mean, they 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 came to Salt Lake a couple of months ago and met with Black Lives Matter and had a little powwow about what they agree on and what they disagree on. Right. And I mean. For a white supremacist group, they really suck at what they do. They if that's what they're terrible, <laughs> what they are, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and you know, you, on on the 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 violent protest side of it, it they haven't had any. <laughs> I mean, you hear about a couple scuffles with them here and there, but in every instance that has been brought forward. They it, are reacting. Not. They are reacting to somebody else. Like um, the the one in 
Was that in DC where the guy got stabbed? Oh, yeah. That we covered I, a few weeks ago? I have. Yes, 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 yes. You have a thing? I have a thing. It might not show very well, but I have a thing. Car- carry, on. carry on. Carry on. Yeah, so anyway, uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that it, it kind of drives me crazy because you have the mainstream media, you have social media, you have all these people that are painting this narrative, that are saying these things, and when you go look at what's actually going on, they don't ring true. They're very easily debunked. They're very easily um, disproven if you actually go and, and look into the group and into the things that have been done, the things that have been said, and the people that are in leadership. you know, And every group has... Uh, the handful of crazies, the the one or two people that, you know, go off on their own and do things that are whatever. But as in all groups, when those people act out, when those people do things they're not supposed to do, they get evicted. Uh-huh. So th- this, you reminded me of this picture here. So you remember, you can trust the news to cover the story honestly. And they will literally cover the story see see here this is from the daily mail four protesters are stabbed during battles between proud boys and blm in dc so here's the proud boys punching this guy in the face ah, see look he's got the hat stomping on him and they covered the news see here's here's the picture here breaking news on the bottom left ish and then the actual picture, here's the same guy. See, striped shirt and all that stuff. Oh, there's a knife where breaking news was placed. Uh. You can see the shadow of it right there. See, there's the shadow, shadow. So Daily Mail US literally covered the <laughs> news. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> Dude, it's insane. And and to top it all off, we got all this stuff going on the rally coming up and Congress passing bills that have no business getting passed. <sighs> <laughs> This is one I really wanted to cover last week, but it was Christmas-ish, and we didn't have things set up, so we did a short one. And then I didn't feel like covering it this week because I thought they're changing it, supposed to be changing it. As far as I can tell, they have not well changed it. So what's, what's going on with it right now is um, most of you probably heard McConnell blocked the effort to increase the stimulus checks Boo, this morning. Hiss. Boo, hiss, that's not what happened. <laughs> not what, what happened. Not, but, but not the story. But that's what New York Times... Yeah, well, NBC New York and, Times is full of and Well, stuff they're the, they're the paper, of, paper of record. Yeah, so, sure. So it's, it's good. What are they recording? Because it's not the truth. Um, <laughs> but so, so what happened was this morning... Uh, Tuesday. Or, yes, Tuesday. Uh, Congress tried to pass a 
uh, amendment to the the bills going through the COVID-19 bill, increasing the stimulus from $600 to $2,000. And they tried to do it via a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, unanimous. Yeah, unanimous vote. Right. Which essentially means that the uh, Senate minority and Senate majority speakers get together and say, okay, everybody on my side has voted yay. Everybody on my side has voted yay. We don't actually have to vote on this. We're just passing it. That sounds ethical. I know, right? Sounds ethical. Heaven, heaven forbid you get them on record it's voting. great. And so uh, Chuck Schumer came in. Yes, all 40-whatever Democratic uh, representatives have voted yes on this. And McConnell came in and said, I object. Because not all of the Republicans want to vote yes on this. <laughs> and there's a reason. Because what they have done, and this is really important to understand. So they, they originally voted on the COVID-19 stimulus. Uh-huh. And they all said, yes, we want COVID-19 stimulus. It's a great idea. Let's vote on that. Let's we've, do that. We've locked people inside. Let's so yes, money. we're we're going to do stimulus. We agree to these terms of the stimulus. Okay, perfect. So rather than just implementing it and passing it on to be signed by Trump, what they did was they took it and said, okay, we're going to combine it now with the yearly spending bill. Oh, that's a good way to do it. Right. It's a great way to yeah, just get just, this all pushed through at the why same just time. Do one item. So, and, and this is, I'm actually really mad at Dan Crenshaw right now. <laughs> Very he's, upset He's with the been man. getting angrier and angrier. I have. As the night all all freaking day long. So he, he posted this thing breaking down uh, the spending bill and the COVID bill. And you know what? Trump asked for most of this foreign aid. Okay, sure, whatever. He might have asked for some of the foreign aid. That doesn't mean you vote yes to it. And, and he does, he does right. this little thing in his video where he's like, I have a yes button and I have a no button. And I couldn't vote no to helping people with money and, and increasing our, I, our... I wish I had a perfect button. I wish I had a perfect button. But I can't vote no to, to extending the, uh, the eviction, eviction clemency or whatever the hell they call it. And I can't vote no to, to extending the unemployment. And I can't vote no to these because they're helping people that need the help and but, whatever. I'm like, but, okay, but, but voting can. yes to that, the way that you have done it is made it so that I voting yes to that also entails voting yes to several million dollars going to Pakistani freaking gender education. And Tibetan and climate change. Tibetan analysis. climate change. And Sudan's... Bullshit. Yeah, I was I was gonna I was gonna make a little sting for us called <sighs> Control F this. Yes, control <laughs> F all of this. <laughs> Get it control so, F through the document because uh it's terrible. Yeah, and 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 this is why I'm mad at Dan Dan Crenshaw right now because he's he's I don't have a perfect button. I have a yes or no. I have a no button. I couldn't vote no to these four things. Literally, he lists four things he couldn't vote no to, and this fifth thing that is the foreign policy that Trump actually asked for. Whatever. Okay, so you took a nine hundred billion dollar COVID nineteen stimulus package that you couldn't vote no to and put it on an additional 
$1.7 trillion uh-huh. spending bill because that you- is full of bullshit. And then you try to defend it when the American people figure out what's in it and are mad at you for voting yes. It's, there's a very simple solution to this. If you can't say no to these handful of things, split the shit up. Uh-huh. Here's, here's how you get your perfect button. You vote no until yes is perfect. Right. <laughs> it's, it's very simple. Rather than having one vote for 17,000 different things... How about we do one vote for each of the things? I can't say no to 200, approximately $200 billion, but I can say yes to $2 trillion. Right? How? <laughs> it's very simple. <laughs> if the answer isn't, Yes is the perfect answer, then the answer is no is the perfect answer. Uh-huh. If the bill is imperfect, the answer is no. Do not add extra crap. <laughs> Just don't do it. Stupid. <laughs> and I'm angry at you. <laughs> you. And Mitt Romney needs to be driven out of Utah with a pitchfork and torch. At least. Because he keeps going on and boasting about the fact that he's voting yes to all this stuff. And it's, I hate you. Anyway, so so the other thing that that came out of these bills is the NDAA. So the National Defense, uh, whatever, they're funding. Well, of course, you got to vote yes for defense. Right, okay. So they voted yes for it. They sent it in. Trump vetoed it because it's terrible and sent it back. So they voted again to override his veto. Now, here's my problem. The NDAA that they have proposed is full of, again, fluff and pork that we don't need, and also constitutionally detrimental pieces. It directly attacks uh, the Insurrection. Insurrection Act, which is constitutionally reserved for the executive branch of government. It is meant to give the president the ability to put down revolts. I mean, only the Obama administration fought in the courts to keep that a thing. And it should be a thing. It should be an executive power. It was originally intended to be an executive power. It needs to be an executive power. The House and Congress should have no fingers in it. It's a last-ditch effort for the... Ex- executioner of the law mm-hmm. to execute the law. So it's we, the last resort. <laughs> we have right now coming through Congress unanimously, well, not unanimously, but with a veto proof vote, we have coming through Congress now two whole bills that destroy our economy and cripple our constitution. And, that, and they are voted on bipartisan. And that spending bill is not for the entire year either. Right. It's two trillion, whatever, two point whatever trillion dollars. It's to get us through like a couple months uh-huh. is all it does. And I, I did some digging before and the tax revenue for the federal government is about three trillion dollars a year. Mm-hmm. They spent the entire federal budget in three months. In three months. Especially this year. <laughs> 
because mm-hmm. uh, people weren't working, so you weren't getting money. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter because you just print it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they are systematically trying to dismantle our country. Yeah. That is what it is. Uh-huh. Look at it. Go research it. Go study what is going on and the purposes behind what they're trying to do because what they are doing is tanking our economy, crippling our constitution, removing power from the executive branch, putting all the power in the Congress, which it's not supposed to be. No. They are massively imbalancing the power in our three branches of government. And they're trying to destabilize it to the point it collapses. And it, it's interesting, too, because you look at it even further on the state-by-state state level. You've got states that have been basic. Most of the states have been keeping people from congregating in religious buildings. And the revolution started by people congregating in religious buildings. Mm. This country was founded in churches. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, the... Uh, Give me liberty or give me death was a sermon mm-hmm. in a church that George Washington and Thomas Jefferson were attending. And they thought, that's a darn good idea. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Among other people that signed the documents that we govern ourselves by. But anyway, <clears throat> so they're keeping you away from exercising your First Amendment right to uh, worship as you choose to worship, to gather peaceably wherever you want to gather. And they're getting rid of, I mean, they're, they're going after the Fifth Amendment of states' rights things. Cause Is there an amendment they haven't gone after? No. <laughs> uh, probably the only thing you can say is quartering troops, but uh, they technically did that with uh, Katrina. Um, there was a church building. They couldn't find the pastor, so they just let themselves in and put all the troops in the church building. Hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah. Then like Mike said, they're just slowly taking certain powers away from things from branches of government that would allow that branch to check and balance the other branches to the point where you have courts that can basically tell the entire country, you need to be this way because California is that way. And you have Congress that's saying, um, yeah, that's great that you want to save money or whatever. We're just going to print all we want and your dollar is going to be worth less until it's worthless. And uh, then the executive signing executive order after executive order because Congress isn't actually doing its job. And so the executive has to try to execute the law via executive order. That's just overturned by the next person that comes in. And so the cycle continues until eventually you have a banana republic and or an oligarchy and it crumbles into uh, socialism and then it crumbles into anarchy and then huzzah we have some sort of thing after that yeah (laughs) it's fun it's fun that's a word for it which is why more (laughs) I don't like that I'm in this position but more and more, I hope that Donald Trump wins. Because as much as I don't like him to be the president of the United States, <laughs> he is the best 
stupid shot we have currently at making sure none of this great stuff we have going on falls apart. Because I'm, I'm 99% sure if the results are overturned, I'm 100% sure if the results are overturned, you're going to have riots everywhere. But I'm 99% sure that Donald Trump will then turn around to people like Fauci and you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. <laughs> and just, I would not be surprised to see the FBI just redone from the ground up and all things like that. So many things. Yeah. Um, it's been fun. It's been a fun couple of weeks. It's a great time for all this to happen when the news is basically on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think rather than doing marks, maybe we should talk about Antonio Gramsci. That is a name that I do not recognize. Hmm. Uh, so Antonio Gramsci was a Marxist imprisoned by Mussolini, uh, who wrote about cultural hegemony and his manifesto that he wrote while imprisoned by Mussolini is essentially the foundation of current Marxist revolution. Oh, it's, it's the ideas that founded it's a more modern application yes. of Marx. Yeah, it's it's the the idea that founded the slow game, the uh, infiltration of of uh, society and slowly taking over organizations. It's, it's what it's what changed Bolshevik Revolution to the guy we uh, showed a while ago talking about how Russia started a 20-year plan to change education in the United States to be more favorable to socialism. Yes. That. Yes, that uh, was Antonio Gramsci. That was his doing. This idea I hatefully enjoy. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> Good news. I don't have to continue reading Karl Marx's manifesto. Bad news. I probably still need to read Karl Marx's manifesto. Yeah, you probably still need to read <laughs> Karl Marx's manifesto. As well as... As well as... Antonio's I believe manifesto. his manifesto was called, like, The Long Road or something like that. Is it a short read? I don't think so. Boo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. More on that later. Later. Got anything else, buddy? Uh, no. All I right. Mean, I mean, well, Tennessee blew up on Christmas, but nobody really seems to know exactly what's going on. Oh, gosh. On. We didn't even get to that. No. That's a... Hey, maybe you'll have more information next week and you can have a headache over it then. What do you think? That's what they do. They can make up anything. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure they're trying to screw me. They might be trying to screw me. Well, of course they're trying to screw you. Uh huh. Uh huh. All yeah. of them. That, yeah, that whole that whole thing has a Vegas shooter vibe to it. And it really does. I, it I doesn't don't make like it. Doesn't make <laughs> any like it. sense at all. Is it a conspiracy theory if the government is pushing the the theory? Okay. Yeah, I, I will say one thing about it. So I, I don't I don't ascribe to the the current 
conspiracy theory growing around on it because it makes no sense to me. But I will say it is awfully strange that they can match DNA from two different locations without any body or anything like that from the debris of an explosion and from a house that he hasn't lived in in months, weeks, whatever. I believe he started two months, like he sold the house like two months prior. Right. It is astounding to me that they can discover and match DNA from those two separate locations within 38 hours of the explosion. Of the explosion. But you can't get your COVID test results within 48. And they also <laughs> couldn't crack a laptop that they've had for eight months. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of story are you hunting on there? I, uh, I don't know. I'm just biding time until, uh, <laughs> until the actual the, uh, <laughs> the actual story comes out. <laughs> uh, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. That's all we've got for you guys. That's all we got. Thank you for listening. And uh, shout out to our friend David Lord. He's hit me up a couple of times saying how much he loves the show. So, yes, he's an honorable mention, my friend. He's a good friend. He is indeed. And he's actually out. In, isn't he out in Tennessee? Yeah, maybe right we'll now? ask him about this. We should probably ask him about if, what's going on. If out you there. hear this episode before we ask you, Reach out to us and tell us. Yes. <laughs> if, you, if you hear anything that we haven't heard. Um, uh, also, yeah. uh, again, thank you for listening and downloading the podcast, all that stuff, because on Christmas Day, we reached 100 downloads for one month. Yep. Woo, woo. If we can keep that up for a couple more months, people might actually think we're important. <laughs> I would say we've we've come awful close to hitting a thousand people reached a couple of times on Facebook now too. Yes. So there's that. We're and and speaking making of, benchmarks. We have made such an impression that Facebook got on the PC version <laughs> of the page. So you have to do the uh com- laptop PC version, whatever. Facebook has put a little notice on our page covid disclaimer on our entire page we have a covid (laughs) disclaimer we are official (laughs) we're facebook official (laughs) so yeah i mean we're just giving our opinion on the things that we see so go look at the stuff we're just looking at make your own opinion opinion of it like as usual you will find all of our links in the description and thank you like, subscribe, comment, share, share, leave the five star if you're listening to the podcast because that helps apparently. Apparently, that's an algorithm. Five thing. is the correct number. The appropriate, the appropriate number of stars. So we're told. <laughs> so we're told. <laughs> I've been, I've been forewarned <laughs> that that is not three, neither four. Save it, mm. be to get to five. Six <laughs> is right out. Six is right out. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. And I will start recordings. And I won't stop the recordings. Okay.
All right. Again. And yeah.